The last thing we're discussing was if someone lit a fire and it burnt his friend's pile and his friend had things hidden in there, according to Rabbi he's Hayav on Tamun Ba'esh, according to Hachamim, he is not. There was a mahluket between Rav Kahana and Rabbah, and what is their mahluket? And we saw Brayta in regards to what they have to pay. Rabbi says you have to pay for the actual things that are there. Hachim say you look at it as if it's part of the wheat or the crop that was there. And then we saw that Rabbi Yehuda agrees to Hachamim that if someone gave permission for his friend to make a pile and he made a pile and the person hid things in there that he only is Hayav on the pile, not whatever is inside over there. And if he gave him permission for one thing and then he put another thing there, he always has to pay for the less expensive thing. And with that, we're going to start Samach Bet Amud Aleph, nine lines in, where it says, Amar Amar Hanoten dinar zahav If a man gives a woman a gold coin, Be careful, this is silver. If she actively destroyed it, she has to pay for a golden coin. Because he told her, Because the man can say, Would you have a problem with it that you had to destroy it? You can't say, oh, if I would have known, I, I wouldn't, but you actively destroyed it. What's your problem? And Pasha'abo, if she she was negligent, she lost it or something, she has to pay silver, because she told him, because she could always say, I accept it upon myself to watch over, to guard it as if it was silver, I, I meaning a low-level uh, safeguarding. I never expected to watch over it as if it was uh, something important like gold. And You learn all this in regards to what Rabbi said. We learn it from a Braita. It says before, if you give him permission to put wheat and he covered it with barley, barley covered it with wheat, he only has to pay for the barley part. Because the owner could say, the owner of the yard could say, I accept it upon myself to watch over it as if it was barley, not wheat. And therefore, if he was negligent, he doesn't have to pay. Hachanami, same thing over here with this woman and the silver gold coin. She could always say, I never accepted upon myself to watch it as if it was gold. And Amarav, Shema'it Notal Rabbi Yehuda, I heard a halakha that goes to Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, who, uh, who says a person who burns something and there was something hidden in there, he's liable for it. And I just don't know what halakha is. So Amar Shemuel, Shemuel told Rav, my father, meaning Rav, it's a way of saying you're important. You, you don't remember what you heard? According to Rabbi Huda, who said if someone burnt something that belongs to someone else and there was something hidden inside, you have to pay for it. They made it the takana of an exal. They made the takana usually in general when uh, when someone swears he doesn't pull out money. It's usually a person swears to uh, not pay money. But there's certain cases where hachamim said that a person's going to swear and pull out money. In the case of someone stole something from someone. If uh, if I'm claiming that this person stole from me and it's been proven, I get to swear what he stole from me. 
even though over here that he could uh, swear he stole this much money from my wallet and uh, he has to pay me for it. So same idea over here, a person can say I had a gold watch in that pile and he has to pay me for it. So now, based on that, If someone went to the government and pointed out this person is doing something illegal and the government came, took it away, destroyed it, whatever they did. Now, according to our religion, you're not allowed to do such a thing. And that's damaging a person. You have to come to Betin, there's a protocol of the way you do things. And this person didn't do it, so he's liable. The question is, is there takanavi here that this person said uh, so-and-so to the government and I lost A, B, and C and this person has to pay for it or not? Do we do that or not? And the Gemara explains, According to the rabbis who hold, we don't judge indirect damages. So according to them, you, there's no question because over here by a Moser, we also don't judge these type of cases because it's indirect damages. The real question is according to the rabbis who hold that we do judge indirect damages. Do we say in a case where someone told the government on someone else, do we say that the person who was told on uh, he swears and pulls out whatever the person uh, uh, indirectly uh, caused damaged or not. And the Gemara and Zov take or we are not sure. And the Gemara says a story. There was a person who kicked a, a silver box of his friend. It's a box that people usually keep uh, silver in. And Shadiel bin Ara, it rolled and went into the, into the river. He lost it. So the owner of the box comes back and says, Hey, this is what I had in the box. I had this, I had that. So Rav Asher sat there and, and looked into the case and he asked, Okay, what would be the halakha in this type of case? Do I say, hey, it's normal for people to keep money in this type of box? Or do we say, hey, no, it's a silver box. That's all I thought uh, I'm kicking was a silver box. So, some say it was that if a person burnt the building, he has to pay everything inside the building because that's normal for people to keep whatever their normal things in the house. So you see... Even according to Hachamim, we don't say, oh, he, he, he thought this or he thought that. No, whatever people usually keep in the house, you have to pay. And, and since over here, people would keep money or whatever it is. So it's normal and he has to pay for it. So Amal Rav said, no, the case here was different. If he's talking money, okay, I can bring a proof from our Mishnah. People do keep money in these type of boxes. It's, it, it is a possibility. Here, he's saying, I left the diamond inside. My, what would be the halacha? Do people leave diamonds in a silver box or not? Meaning, even if we have witnesses that this person kicked it, the question of here, since we don't know what was in the box, do we say that the person uh, could say, I sh- I, there's no way of me knowing or not, and the Gemara ends off, Tiko, we're not sure. And Amar le Rav Ta'in kasa de chaspa bebira. My, if let's say a person said, I, you know, this person, he caused the fire to the house. I had a silver cup in this house. What would be the halacha? 
does he get to swear and take uh, money for that silver cup or not? So he told him, Hazina, look, we we are we ourselves have to see if he's a person who's rich, that he would have this type of silver cup. Or is he a trustworthy person that people usually keep things like this by him? So he would have expensive things by him. Then he would swear and take ve'ila, and if he's not that type of person, he's not rich enough, or, he, or people don't trust him, then love kol Then it's not up to him to just uh, say that oh I had this or I had that. So meaning we we look into the case and see if it's even possible. And Amad the Ravada bered the Ravavia the Ravashe. Ravada told Ravashe, Ma ben Gazlan Hamsan. What's the difference between a Gazlan and a Hamsan? A gazlan is pasul aidut midrabanan off the bat, and hamsan was only added on later on. Uh, meaning, it's still they're both pasul aidut midrabanan. The question is at what point and what level. So Amar le Rav Shekspet hamsan yahiv deme gazlan la yahiv deme. The the hamsan gives money. Maybe the person doesn't want to sell, but he gives money. On the other hand, the gazlan doesn't give money. And Amar le and Ravada told Ravashe yahiv deme if he's giving money. Hamsan Karitla, you're calling him a Hamsan? Didn't we say, in the name of Rav Huna, that if they force someone to sell something, a sale is a sale? So what's the problem? It's like Mark Depends. Did he say, uh, I want the sale, or did he not say, I want the sale? Meaning, if they forced him to take the money, and he said, okay, I agree, and he's not a hamsan, not a bad thing. But if he, they forced him to take the money and he said, I, I, I'm not agreeing to this, that's a hamsan. Meaning from the Torah, it's only, you're only pasul aidut when you don't pay for the for the item. But when you pay, you're technically kasher. It's only hachamim uh, came and said, listen, if the person wasn't happy with it, you're, you're pasul aidut. Next, Mishnah gets she'atza patish of a spark came, uh, flew out from under a hammer and then it hit uh, flax of linen or cotton or anything like that. Vehizik caused damage. Hayav, the person banging the hammer is the one who is liable. He has to be careful that his sparks don't go to public uh, domain. Gamal shayataun pishtan be'avar If a camel is carrying a flax of linen and he's going through a shutarabim public area, benichnas pishtanol hanut, and I guess it was overloaded and the flax went into a store. Vidalku beniroshul hanvanin. And it was, and it got it lit on fire because of the candle that was inside the uh, person's store. And because of that, the entire building was set on fire. Baal Gamal Hayav, the owner of the camel, is the one who is liable because he should have been careful not to overload his camel. But if the store owner left his candle outside, and the store uh, the store owner is the one who is hayav, because he shouldn't have left it outside. If it was Hanukkah, he has permission to have his candle outside, then he is exempt, and the, the owner of the camel should have been careful. And the Gemara starts, said in the name of What we understand from Rabbi Yehuda, that when it comes to the candles of Hanukkah, there's a mitzvah to keep it within 10 tefahim of the ground. Because if you have to put it above 10 tefahim, then why is Rabbi Yudah saying patur? 
Lemale, Havale, Lanuhalemala, Migamal, Verochvo. The one who's been damaged should, should tell him that uh, you're, you should have left the candle above an area where the camel and his rider uh, could, walk, could pass through, meaning you should have left it so high that they wouldn't have rubbed against it. The fact that he that he cannot say that it sounds like there's a mitzvah to leave that candle with intent fahim of the floor. And the Gemara responds, No, that you can't bring a proof from this because because you could always say above ten tefahim you still do the mitzvah. Mayamat, what's the reason? What's your whole thing? That the one who's been damaged could tell the, the store owner you should have left the camel so high above where a camel and his rider would walk. Since he's dealing with a mitzvah, since he's doing a mitzvah, Hachamim didn't want to burden him by making him do too much. By making him do it really, really high, people are not going to want to do the mitzvah. So they didn't want to burden him. Therefore, within 10 Fahim is okay. But really, technically, above that is also okay. But there's no proof from our Mishnah to say it has to be exactly as it's Fahim. And Ravkana said that Rav Natan was Doresh in the name of Rabbi Tanhum. If a person put the candle of Hanukkah above 20 Amot, it's Pasul because no one could see it, no one could pay attention to the, the candles and publicize the miracle. It's Kesuka Uchma Voice. Same rules as a Sukkah and same rules as the 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 line or the wall of an Ayruv Mavoy. When you're connecting a whole bunch of neighborhoods together, you could put a beam, a cross beam, but that cross beam has to be seen by people. And if it's above 20 Amot, no one can see it. Hadran Allah Hakones. And now we're starting Perak Merubeh. It, which is the seventh peric of Masechet Baba Now, we all know that if a person stole from his friend and lied about it, he has to pay double. If he, if he stole a cow or a sheep and he slaughtered it or he sold it, then he has to pay times four times five, meaning whatever the the principle is, plus another two or t- another three times. And with that, we're starting the Mishnah. Merubeh midat tashlume kefil midat tashlume arba'a it's paying double is more common than the paying of four uh, times five because paying double can happen in things that are creatures living creatures and things that are not living creatures meaning if you stole an animal if you stole a watch you stole a chair you stole a bird whatever it is you if you lie about it you you your hayav double and this times four times five payment is only with an ox or a sheep. It's only if you stole an ox or a sheep and you slaughtered it or you sold it. Then you pay times five times four. So it's only for specific situations. If a thief stole from a thief, he doesn't have to pay double. Same idea. If someone stole from a thief and he and uh, he sold it or uh, slaughtered it, he does not have to pay times four times five. The idea is the pasuk says, If something was stolen from uh, the owner's house, ish, not from the house of the ganav. That's the uh, drasha. And the Gemara starts. 
We learned in the Mishnah that the difference between the double and the times four times five is the double goes on everything, but the four and five only goes to an ox and a sheep. But the fact that double, the halachav double applies to a thief or a shomer who claimed it was stolen and end up they found it by him, he has to pay double. And the Mishnah did not say that the halachav times four times five is only if the person stole himself. It didn't say that, meaning if uh, if a shomer claimed it was stolen and he ended up selling it or slaughtering, he still has to pay times four times five. We now we didn't mention that difference. Obviously, the halacha is that he would have to pay the four times and four and four and five. Misayah le Rabbi Chia Baraba helps Rabbi Chia Baraba. The Amar Rabbi Chia Baraba, Amar Rabbi Hanan, Hatoyin Tanat Ganad BePikadon Mishalom Tashlume Kefel. The Rabbi Chia Baraba said in Rabbi Hanan, if some if a shomer claims that whatever he was watching was stolen, and end up finding by him he has to pay double. Tavachu Machar if he slaughtered or sold it, Mishalom Tashlume Rabava Hamishay has to pay times four times five. Ikad Amre. Some say. The whole sugya differently. Let's say our Mishnah helps said in the name of Rabbi Hanan that if a Shomer claims it was stolen, we end up finding by him he has to pay double. If he slaughtered, sold it, he has to pay times four times five. And the Gemara says, No, Mikatane and Ben. Does our Mishnah say there's no difference except, meaning that there's only one difference, that this uh, that double is, goes on everything, four or five is only on ox and sheep? It didn't say en ben. It said merube katane. It just says it's more common, meaning it could be there's more things. could be tana vishir. could be he only mentioned uh, this uh, double on everything, fourth and five only on ox and sheep, but maybe there's more stuff. So we can't necessarily say that our Mishnah helps Rabbi Chiyah Bar Abba. Uh, next, we learned in the Mishnah, noheget. we saw the double goes on everything, and four times five only goes on ox and sheep. How do we know that the double goes on everything? The Tanura Banan, it says in regards to a person who said it was stolen, a shomer was supposed to watch uh, something, let's say he was supposed to watch a watch, and, and he claims it was stolen. If it ends up being a lie, then he has to pay double. Now the pasuk says, "Al kol devar pesha kalal." When you, and the pasuk says on any negligence, he that's the general. That means on everything he has to pay double. Al shor al hamor al seve al salma piret. Over there, he specified things. He specified an ox, donkey, sheep, or clothing. But then at the end it says, I'll call Aveda on any lost object. Hazar Vikalal. Then he generalized again. He said everything. So we know the rule. Kalal upratu khalal. General, specific general. So the general has to be something like the specific. The same thing, the specifics are something movable and they're worth something. They're an asset. So the same halacha goes in regards to anything that is movable and it's worth something. Not just the ox and the, and the donkey and the sheep and the clothing, but anything. So we're excluding uh, land, that they are not movable. 
So I wouldn't have to pay double. If someone stole the land, he doesn't have to pay double for the land. We're also excluding slaves that the Pasuk compared to land. So we're excluding contracts that you're right. Even though they're they're movable, but they themselves are not worth anything. It's the money that's in them that's worth something. They cause money to be brought from one person to another, but they themselves are not worth money. And Yatsa Hekadesh, and we're also excluding Hekadesh because it says if it belongs to your friend, then and Hekadesh belongs to Hashem. So here from this cloud uh, Pratoklal, we learn double. So the Gemara asks on the Klal Pratoklal, Ima Prat Mefosh Tavashinim Vlatometame Be Magao Masa, I've called Tavashinim Vlatometame Be Magao Masa. But maybe the same way the specifics were only animals that if you slaughter them not uh, properly, they're, uh, they're metame, they can make anyone who touches it or moves it tame. But maybe we're coming to exclude birds if you slaughter them not correctly, if you touch them afterwards, uh, they're not metame. Maybe you, you would not be hayav double if someone took someone's chicken and slaughtered it, then maybe you wouldn't have to pay double. And the Gemara could you say such a thing? But the Pasuk says also, clothing, meaning it has nothing to do with Tum'ah. So because of that question, the Gemara goes back and explains its question. We're talking about just the animal part. Let's just say when it comes to animals, Anything that can become tameh or can make someone tameh afterwards if it was not slaughtered properly, okay. Only in that in that type of case you would have to pay double, but in general you don't have to pay double. And let's not learn anything from the clothing. Because each thing the pasuk mentioned, the ox, the donkey, the sheep, the the clothing. Each one by itself, we're doreshit in a klalu pratu chlal. And from the shore, the sand, the hamor, we're going to learn only things that if they were slaughtered not properly, they can make someone tameh by touching. Aval ofot, lo, but not the birds. The Gemara says, im ken, if that's what you're coming to learn from it, then nichtov rahamana had pirata. Then you only need one specific, meaning only one animal, and I could learn the rest from it. I can learn, okay, this animal, ox, if it was slaughtered not properly, it's metame, then then you'd have to pay double everything else. Now the fact that you had to write more than one shows me that that was not the drashad that we were going for, and we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem Olam, Amen, Ve Amen.